Are you a professional woman who wants to create passive income streams and financial freedom through real estate investing? Join us here on Real Estate Investor Goddesses, hosted by Monique Holm. Listen to women who are rocking it in real estate investments as they share their stories of success, failures, and best advice in real estate investing. Start creating real wealth through real estate. Tune in today. Here's your host, real estate investor, syndicator, and developer, Monique Holm. Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Gosses podcast. I'm your host, Monique Hom. On this show, I interview badass women real estate investors, women that are crushing it in the real estate investing space. And I am super excited to have with us today, Elizabeth Cordero, who is certainly no exception to the badass role. She's really badass. And what I love about her story is that she has a story definitely of rags to riches of coming from really, really challenging circumstances and being hugely successful. So anyone who's listening to this or you're wanting to get into real estate and you're going, I don't know if I can do it because I have this excuse or that excuse or that excuse. I think hearing Elizabeth's story, you're going to go, okay, if she can do it, I can too, which I love. She has definitely not traveled an easy road to success and financial security. She grew up in Mexico as the youngest born to a single mom. At the age of 14, she and her older sister successfully completed a dangerous border crossing into the United States. Though she started her life in the U.S. with no worldly possessions, no money for food, and no ability to speak the language or even know the currency, she has overcome obstacles that would have caused many to give up. She's achieved financial security and established a multifaceted set of business profit centers in the state of Utah which range from cleaning businesses to real estate sales, flipping homes, and investment activities. She recently won the prestigious 40 Under 40 Award in the state of Utah. The annual 40 Under 40 program honors Utah's up-and-coming professionals rising through the ranks at record speeds. She's also nominated as one of the best Hispanic real estate agents by NAHREP Salt Lake City Chapter. In her first year of real estate, she was accepted into Goldman Sachs 10,000 businesses and women on banking programs. She's like crushing it. She's being recognized. She's amazing. And I'm super excited that she is here. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. I feel very honored to be here with you today and for allowing me the opportunity to speak to your audience about, I guess, my journey to real estate investing. Well, thanks for being here. Like I said, you have a super inspiring story and I'm excited to share it with our listeners. Talk to us about how you even got started in real estate investing. I mean, you are here, you're an undocumented immigrant. Tell us how you got started. One of the things that I want to mention is that, first of all, I'm a resident now, <laughs> for, those, for those that wonder, but I was undocumented in the United States for about 20 years. Wow. So I just recently got my residency about, I want to say three years or so, maybe a little bit more. This whole time I was, I started a cleaning business because I didn't know, I couldn't get a job. I would get fired from job to job because they wanted to hire me because I was a hard worker. But then they'll call me when my paycheck came and said, hey, you need to go and fix your social security number. And most people thought that I would go to an office and I would get it fixed, right? The reality was I couldn't because as you read in my bio, I actually came undocumented and I crossed the border with my oldest sister. I was 14 at the time. Wow. And so I started with this cleaning business and because I had done a cleaning job before and I was making about six to eight dollars an hour, 
I was very frugal. So I worked a lot. When I had a clean, my cleaning business, it started growing more and more and more to a point that I was making probably as much as professionals work, right? But I was still living with a six, eight dollar amount, right? So I started saving. And the very first time I got a home, this is actually a pretty awesome story. I love telling this story because it's very inspiring. So I try to be my loan officer, okay? Mm-hmm. So I would go bank to bank telling them to give me a loan because in my ignorance, I was thinking that they wouldn't know that I was undocumented. So I would go and give them all these documents, every single one, and every single time I got denied because obviously they knew. But I didn't know. I was hoping that they wouldn't know. So I had a friend that told me, hey, there's this bank, this credit union, and they're still giving loans with a 19 number is a number that you get when you're undocumented. And that's for you to pay taxes. So we do pay taxes, contrary to what people believe. And I was like, really? At that time, I had already been to like 12 different banks, given all these portfolio, these documents. So it was done. And I said, I'm going to give it one more try. So I went and I go to the bank and there's this guy, his name is Chris. He's no longer at the bank, but at the time, and I was done. So I said, Chris, I'm undocumented. I have a 19 number. I'm self-employed, but I want to buy a house. And Chris says to me, it's okay. He said, but we only give loans with 20% down. And this is about 2010 when the market had crashed. And so he said, it's fine, but you need 20% down. And I said, well, I didn't even know. Like, I was so naive. I didn't even know how much 20% was. So I (laughs) said, I have $60,000. At the time, the houses were worth like 120. I bought the first home at 130,000 back in 2010. And the house had actually was worth like 180 before they crashed. And so he immediately said, yes, I'll give you a loan. (laughs) So my realtor was somebody that I cleaned the house for, okay? And so this whole time, I'm worried that he's going to find them undocumented and he's going to tell his family members and I'm going to lose my job like cleaning houses because I don't have documents. I didn't know anything about real estate. So then eventually we go to the closing table. I find the house. I waited for a little bit because it was repossessed. And then when we're at the closing table, the escrow officer, she tells me, okay. She's like, where do you get these $60,000 from? And I said, oh, I saved them. And she's like, where's your green card? I need your green card. And I didn't have one. And I said, oh, I don't have it right now. I said, let me go get it. I'll be right back. But I was afraid that she's going to call immigration. This whole time, anywhere I speak, like I had this trauma about being deported. Like I would like fear deportation like no other. <laughs> like people fear getting into real estate. That's how I fear, you know, deportation. Sure, so, makes sense. Yeah. So I go to the bank and I say, hey, Chris, I don't want the house anymore. And I was about crying because that was one of my dreams from coming to Mexico because we were so poor. We didn't have a home. You know, when I arrived, I live in a house with 21 undocumented men. We'd have to make a line in our house. My clothes were in a bag, in a trash bag, and I would have to just take it to go to school and put it in a corner. So one of my dreams was to own a home. And I said, I can buy it. And he said, why? And I said, because the lady wants me to give her my green card and I don't have one. And I said, I can't get one. I waited at the time. I probably waited like 14 years or something. And I said, I can't. I, there's no way. And he said, hold on. 
And he calls the lady at the escrow officer at the, at the title you know, company. And he says, I am the bank. I'm taking the risk. All you need is really just to pretty much record the deed. You don't need a green card for that. And the lady got mad and like he spent like hours, not hours, but a long time on the phone, like yeah. talking to the manager, like, let me talk to him. And then he goes, go back now and take your <laughs> Mexican passport. So I go with my Mexican passport and I said, here, Chris told me to bring this. Like I was just like so fearful. So I bring my Mexican passport. She records. And if you see the documents on my first home, I still own the home, by the way, today it's worth about, I want to say like over 300 now. And you appreciation. Can, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you can see how my signature is just like shaking, right? So eventually I get a HELOC on that home. And then I buy a second home for $80,000 that today's worth like about 280000 I bought in a really good location. Just you can walk to a college and then I paid it off. And then I bought a third home and I paid it off. But the third home had a bad foundation and the realtor didn't tell me. So I ended up losing money on that one because I was worried about the foundation. Well, today the house is worth almost 400000 If I had somebody to mentor me and tell me, Elizabeth, this is a good location. The reality is I navigated real estate through common sense. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have anybody. After that, I got my documents through DACA, right? And that's when I went to Google and I Googled cheapest real estate school in Spanish. And that's how I actually got into real estate. Just looking, you know, going to a class that was teaching about real estate. And then I got my license and I started selling homes for people. And one thing led to the other. I started going to the investor associations and I started hearing guys saying, oh, we make 60,000, 100,000, 300. And I was, I was just dreaming. I'm like, is that even possible? So that's kind of how I got into the investing world. Amazing. And so these first properties that you got, then you started, you bought them and you would rent them out and then you just kept growing that way. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. So in fact, the very first home I had, that was my home, that one had a basement. And so immediately I went in and I fixed up the basement and I rented it out and I would even rent the rooms that I was living in. And before that I had a mobile home. I lived in a mobile home, by the way, before the house, I was living in a mobile home. And before the mobile home, I lived in an apartment and before the apartment, I lived in a room and before the room, I lived in a living room. So I seen the transition. To the other, today I live in a really nice home, of course, but yeah, so I did, I rent them out and some of these investments have been, I've helped my family as well, where I let them live for free so that they help themselves out as well. Because I believe if you do great, you can help others do great. Yeah. So Beautiful. I love that. And what are your current investments? Before we started recording, you said you were looking, <laughs> tell, tell us what you're doing right now. So right now, I just closed on a property and I got $180,000. These are properties, by the way, that I used to buy. When I started real estate, everybody knew I was naive. Everybody could tell I don't know anything because I just didn't. They would sell me properties that at the time weren't as great investments, but they were still better investments than the regular people buy out there because I was buying from wholesalers. I was already doing something without kind of getting the understanding kind of not understanding. And so anyway, I bought those properties. At the time, they were, eh, you know, not so great. It was just common sense. And so today I'm selling all those houses 
and they're all about 180 to 150,000 in profit. And I'm taking that money and I'm moving it to a bigger building, probably a 22 door, 25 door. I am looking out of state as well. I've done deals in Houston, Florida, Utah, and I'm actually tomorrow I'm going to go to Idaho and check their market out as well. So that's kind of what I'm working on right now, just selling everything, having liquidity and moving into a bigger, because what I realized pretty soon is it's the same amount of work. If you call it a contractor and say, pay me one room, but if you tell him pay me 20 rooms, he's probably not going to charge you as much more because he's already there. He's already set up. And I think it's a lot better. So that's kind of where I'm at today. Beautiful. Okay. So I want to ask you a question that I ask all my guests because I think we learn so much more when things don't go right than when they do. So what was your biggest mistake and what did you learn from it? You know, I thought about that. I think my biggest mistake was to trust people because where I come from, we do a lot based by trust, right? We do everything. There aren't contracts in my culture or where I come from. Your word is what counts. And so because I grew up in that setting, I thought, okay, if I tell you I'm going to do something, I better do it, right? I like I've done things out of the ordinary because I said I would do something. Because of that, I think my biggest mistake was to trust the wrong people, was to trust people that wanted to take advantage of me, even attorneys that knew I had some money to invest and charged me like $300 just to fill out like 4.5. I remember having this attorney, I drafted the contract, I sent it to him, he was the escrow officer. And because I forgot to put the interest rate on the property, I had bought a seller finance, which by the way, that's how I grew my real estate portfolio. Most of my deals are seller financed. Like I could not get a loan for the longest time. So I bought seller financing. And I had a guy that came to me and I kept going to his classes. He would teach newer investors. And he approached me and he said, oh, will you like to invest? And I was excited. I mean, obviously I own a few homes before, but I wanted to like get bigger, you know, like do other stuff. And I said, yes, of course. And he's like, okay, I have four opportunities. And he goes, 80,000 cash, 15,000, you know, like these enormous amounts. And I said, no, I'm going to start small. So I'm going to go for the 15,000. And I remember him coming and I was cleaning a house myself for like the realtor that had sold me that house, by the way. And I'm cleaning the house and he's like, I'm outside, which I thought it was odd. Like, why are you driving to the house I'm cleaning for the money? And so that should have been my, red, my first red flag. And then as I give him a check, he's like, oh, great. Keep doing what you're doing. And that felt wrong because instead of saying we're going to do great things or something, he said, oh, you're doing great. Keep doing what you're doing. It felt like a goodbye to me. Well, he ended mm-hmm. up stealing the money and not, there wasn't a property. And they did so many shady things. And I think he continues to do that, which is the sad thing. Like nobody has catch up to him. But I think the universe has a way to get back to people, you know, when they're like, yeah. not. Um, so for me, it was trusting the wrong people and believing. not having contracts too. Yeah. You know what? Not having contracts has been the biggest headache for me. The biggest headache. Because the reality is I heard a saying that if you want relationship to last, have the contract before and not the attorney later or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So I think contracts absolutely are a mess. I still today, because 
because of the way I used to do things. I have a hard time with that, but I try, the best things that have happened to me had been with a contract. And then they're liable to do what they say they're going to do. So absolutely a contract is a must. Hey, goddess, have you been sitting on the sidelines and you're now ready to get started investing in real estate? If so, join me for my free online training, how to get started in real estate investing as a busy professional woman. Go to tinyurl.com forward slash W-R-E-I-G to register for our complimentary training and to learn how to get investing in real estate like a goddess today. See you there. Clear contracts help a lot. Yeah, and then trusting the right people. You do need some trust in this business because it is a relationship business, but knowing who to trust, but then having clear contracts helps as well. Yeah. It's really but, good. Yeah. No, but I was going to say trusting is important, but sometimes I feel in this business, there's a lot of greed and sometimes people forget about the humanity. We are yeah. going to make money because this is the business to do so. I mean, you really would have to be really, really bad or make really bad decisions. But if you're smart, what you're doing, if you're careful, if you're patient, you will get to where you want to be. You just have to like do the right thing, get the right deal. Because what happens, people get impatient, right? Right now, I'm in liquid and I want to get my next investment. I'm excited for it, but I have to tell myself, this is not a rush. You have to like wait for the right thing. And so... I think that's yeah. one of the things people forget. I hope that more investors, as they do better, they will help other newer investors to do well as well. Because like we have this, this saying, the sun shines for everyone every single day. Whoever likes your personality doesn't like something else, right? And so we're going to attract the people to it. They're going to help serve us. So I think that's very important also in real estate. For sure. What are you most proud of? What am I most proud of? I think I'm most proud of being a woman in a business where it's mainly men nominated, yeah, right? Where there's more men than women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. that's <laughs> I know you know. <laughs> like, I, know that. <laughs> I know. When I first got into this, this association, I felt like people look at me like, oh, this Hispanic girl, I'm only five feet tall, you know? So they're like, this tiny girl, what is she doing here? And eventually, as they got to know my power, right, like, oh, no, I can order this room. (laughs) I think that opens the door for other women as well. I think as a Hispanic, you know, like, I have so many things that you can say you could consider as a disadvantage, but not really, right? Like, sometimes I don't understand what they say in English. That's the reality. Sometimes I wonder, like, what are they talking about, you know? And I have to figure it out. So it's like a little bit more work, but it's allowing myself to open those doorways for other people. Like I know people that are undocumented. They think they cannot do it, but then they come to me and I tell them, no, no, you can. And this is probably how you can do it. This is how I did it. That gives me the most, I guess the most good or whatever, but. That's um, proud, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a proud moment, but the reality is coming from a place where I come from and not having as much, I think, this is weird. This is a weird thing. And it's maybe just mine. But when I go to the grocery shopping, okay, and I'm able to pick whatever I want to eat. And I haven't to worry about not having to eat tomorrow. I think that makes me the most proud and being able to help my family 
and being able to help those people. Like I just went back to Mexico. I brought a lot of stuff for people and people were so happy. And I knew in that place, there was somebody that was my friend when I was growing up. They are still very poor. And that to me is the most proud moment when I'm able to give back to people. I think that's when I feel mm-hmm. like I've served to this world. Because when I looked at that and I saw much need and how much people are suffering and how much unsafe they are, that's the life I would live today if my mom hadn't had the time to come here. But I think that's like my biggest proud moment. And the other one is writing a book. You know, I'm writing a book about my story. And I think that's big for me because I want to inspire women. I want women, obviously, I want to inspire everyone. But I speak of the women perspective because I am a woman. <laughs> and so I want yeah. to inspire those women that want to do something. Women are so special. Everybody is, by the way. But I speak of women because I relate so much to them, right? We are femininity, our power. We're so, sometimes women have so much self-esteem issues, self-worth issues. And I want them to know that we're so capable just by being a mother, you know, just being a mother. It's what a miracle. What a miracle is that? Like you just gave life. That's a big deal. People don't realize the things that we do. And, and so I want women to like stand out and say, Hey, this is my power, right? Empowering the women. And so that's really what I'm looking forward to inspire women all over the world. Well, you are inspiring women. So wonderful. And, you know, that's my mission. So I love that you're a soul sister with a similar mission to inspire. And you should be very proud of all that you have accomplished and all that you've been able to overcome in order to be there. And it is those things because, you know, there were times in my life where I wasn't quite sure if I'd have the money to pay the bills or the, you know, just having enough to eat and to to not have to worry about that anymore to feel like oh yeah like <laughs> it is a wonderful moment it feels it does feel really good to what do you attribute your success because you've had you know you had a lot of challenges so what what do you attribute your success i think it's been the support of every i don't think my success obviously i had to have the courage right you have to have the belief in yourself that although you're going to get into something new because everybody's scared of the new thing, right? What if, what if that? I think having the faith in myself, even though I was going through my own struggles personally, I had a lot of traumatic personal experiences. Even I still believe that I could do it. And I think that's, and also the help of other women, right? Other women, I have a friend of mine. She would always tell me like, you can do more. She told me so much that I started believing it. I did not believe in myself. She told me, you got to get into something new. And she's kind of like, she has very high, what's the word? Very high intuition. Mm-hmm. And she told me, you're going to, I feel you're going to get into something different. And she's like, I think something with houses. And I tell <laughs> her like, no, I don't think so. She's like, why not? And I, she's like, don't you believe that you can do it? And I say, well, I have no education. Right. I already have a lot of things that I'm responsible for. I have things to pay. If I leave my cleaning business job for the money I make, I don't think I'm going to find any other job that's going to pay me as well. Right. And she kept telling me, no, you got to have faith. You can do something better. And it was those women encouraging me. I have a beautiful family. My mom 
story is beautiful. She went through a hardship. She sold everything we had, and we didn't have much so that she could come to the United States for us. She came before we did. And my uncle said, come, I'll help you. And when she was at the border, he left her there. He just left her and said, no, I can't help you. So she had to convince the smuggler to cross her across the United States without money. Try doing that. (laughs) That is unheard of. And the guy said, for whatever reason, he helped my mom. He believed. And then I asked my mom later, mom, do you pay him? Because (laughs) (laughs) you can just go. Like, yeah, once you're here, you can just disappear. And my mom said, yes, I did. I was so proud of my mother at that moment. I'm like, this is where I get my values, you know, like all these good values my mom taught us, like fighting hard and not giving up and being responsible and hard work and all these things, I think just combine. And then with the help, and sometimes you don't need financial help. Sometimes all you need is emotional help. Somebody that can tell- believes in you. Yeah, you can do it. You know what? At the beginning, when I was doing my cleaning business, even my family was afraid. They even doubted, don't do that. That's like, we don't do those things, you know? (laughs) We just get a job and we stay there forever. And I said, no, no, we can do this. I was a little sad that they didn't have faith. But then eventually, they started seeing me more and more and more. They're like, oh, this is possible. (laughs) And now they get inspired. Now they're like, I want to do this too. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, do it. So I think it's a mixture of a lot of things. It's a mixture of a good advice. It's a mixture of a good book. It's a mixture of your own values. And it's a mixture of like just a lot of things together. Mm, Love it. Okay, last question before we get into our Trinity. What do you wish you'd known at the beginning that you now know? I wish I had gone into multi-unit. I think it's a better, it's a more lucrative market in real estate. Obviously, I wish I'd known the values of the homes. I wish I'd known more wholesale. I wish I was grown into real estate. I wish somebody, when I was young, obviously in my family, that wasn't possible because, you know, from where we come from, but I see young kids growing up in real estate and I'm like, what a blessing, you know, they're young and they have their parents teaching them like do this, do that, they become agents and they get to play a little bit about that. So I wish I had had a mentor, somebody that I could trust when I asked, I remember asking someone one time and saying, Hey, I want to, there was this this duplex I wanted to buy. He was my friend. And I said, Hey, what do you think about this property? And he said, no, this is not good. This is so run down, blah, blah, blah. Well, that property today is probably worth a lot of money. It was in a Mm. great location. I just had a good eye. I just didn't trust myself enough to like go for it because I didn't know. And some other people brought me really great deals and I was too afraid. I'm like, oh, what if this, what if that? So I wish I had a little bit more faith, you know, mentorship, a lot of things. I wish I had it all before. but. I think mainly it's the mentorship that I was lacking guided me through the whole way. Okay, before we get into our famed end of show trinity, which is a brag, a gratitude, and a desire, how can people connect with you? They want to find out more about you and what you do. They can find me on all social media. It's Cordero Investments, LLC. That's how all my pages are. I'm not going to change the name because it's just, you know, it is what it is. They can find me there. They can message me. And I obviously have a personal Facebook page. But if they just look for that investments, they can find my website. They can find every social media platform. I'm there. Okay. Cordero Investments, LLC. 
All right, so now it's time for our Trinity. What is one thing you're celebrating? What is your brag? One thing I'm celebrating. You know what? Actually, what I'm celebrating that is big for me right now is going through a really beautiful healing process as a woman. And I think that's beautiful because I believe that everything comes from within. And coming from a place of hardship and coming from a place where sometimes you don't build the faith that you need to continue in life. I think that's been a beautiful moment for me, like just realizing my power as a woman, realizing all the things and the gifts I was given just by being me, by being born. But like, I'm not in this life by mistake. I'm here for a purpose like everybody else is, which I wish everybody would, would take the time to find their passion and go for it. Because people are afraid and we have talented people artists working in cleaning, which is there's nothing wrong with any job. I've done it all. I've done construction. I've done every single thing possible. But there is power in knowing, in knowing your worth, in knowing what you're here for, in knowing your purpose and having your passion. Once you discover that, you're going to have more faith in yourself and that's going to keep pushing you to move forward and forward. And for me, that's happening right now. And that change is bringing better things, bigger things in my life. And I see myself doing things worldwide. And so I think that's what I'm most proud of, like all the work of the healing and, and all that way, all the journey that I went through so that today I can teach other people and say, look, I've done that. I understand you from my heart because I've been there before. And what is one thing you're grateful for? Oh, I'm grateful for life. I'm grateful for the people that I'm surrounded. I'm grateful for having a great mother, a great family, brothers and sisters, nephews, which by the way, when I bought my very first mobile home, I was actually homeless before my mobile home. Yeah, I had had a relationship that kicked me out in the middle of the night in the cold winter and I had no place to go. So even my little nephews lent me money from their piggy banks so that I could buy this mobile home. And I'm just very grateful. I'm surrounded by, um, by amazing people, friends and family. And that to me is more valuable than any money that you can earn on this earth. So that's what I'm like, obviously by God, I'm, you know, I believe in God. So I'm grateful for God giving me these opportunities to be in this lifetime. Like what a great time to live, right? What a great time to be alive. So that's what I'm most grateful for. Beautiful. And last but not least, what's one thing you desire? I think I desire for the world to be more compassionate to each other. I desire people to look at other people starving and not look away, but to do something, one action. If everybody took one person under their wing, right? Like if you look on TV, it's so easy for us to look and look away. But if you see a dog on the street that's starving and you feed that one dog, you change somebody's soul. But if you do the same with a child or a person or an elderly person, how many people are like in these older homes and they have nobody that visits them? But if you take that time, if you do one act of kindness a day, and we all did that, we'll be better. We have to stay united because for me, where I come from, we don't have law. We don't have safety. There's so many things that are missing. And I want I hope people take gratitude for where we live, the place of opportunities. And I hope that they realize that there is an opportunity for everyone and they take advantage of that because sometimes we forget. Sometimes we're so used to, you know what? 
I'm in my house every day. I just turn my water and hot water comes in. I went back to Mexico a few months ago. I have to take my bucket. I have to warm <laughs> up the water. I have to take my bucket in the shower. I have to hurry up or it gets cold. I mean, there's a process, you know? And so we forget that we have so much good. But at the end, we have to be united. We can't. I watch TV and I see people fighting. Like, you think this way. You think, we think differently. That's okay because that's why we're so unique. But I really desire for the people to be more compassionate towards each other. Well, so shall your desire be, or so much better than you can imagine. Under grace and in perfect ways, I too share in that desire so that we could use so much more unity and compassion for one another. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth. That was great. It was it's wonderful to hear your story and it's so inspiring. So I appreciate you. Y'all, you can connect with Elizabeth at Cordero Investments, LLC, on all the socials and connect with me at REI Goddesses. There you can find, if you go to reigoddesses.com, you'll find out about our investor club, our mentorship, get into our community of thousands of women investing and supporting one another. So go to reigoddesses.com for that and join us next week for another amazing real estate investor goddess podcast interview. Bye-bye. You have just listened to another episode of Real Estate Investor Goddesses a show dedicated to sharing stories of women creating real wealth through real estate. If you found value on what you just heard, feel free to share with your friends. Visit us at reigoddesses.com to learn more about our programs and live events, as well as to access other resources. Until next time.